Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. All right. Welcome to the Talk and Power podcast, episode 31. I am Nick DeCembra. I am with Simon Gonzo Travellini. How are you, mate? Mate, fantastic. That's good. Good been, to hear. It's, it's been a busy, uh, I've got to say, I've got to say, good call mm. on, on your part, switching it to. We haven't. We had that leap episode. Yep, the leap year episode. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're back on track with all the major events now, and it's yeah, fantastic yep. having it all fresh, happening on the weekend, and then into it. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's. Uh, I had some criticism. Some people were expecting a podcast last week, but that's okay. We um we we tied it in with the royal wedding. You know. Yes, that that's right. Important that's too. right. Now <laughs> I, I got to know: Did your wife make you watch it? Yeah, she didn't make me watch it. Oh. But um. <laughs> But, she, she didn't make you. Watch. She didn't make me watch it. No, no, no. no. But but while we're while Not we're here, what did you what did you think of the um the Jaguar? Yeah, we <laughs> were set in the mood the, for our the, podcast. The listeners. in brackets E type. Yeah, E type <laughs> from Concept Jaguar. Now I know what E stands for. <laughs> <laughs> of all these years, I've wondered what does it stand for. Was it like did he get to that part of the alphabet? But where was the B type and the A type? <laughs> It stands for electric. Uh, mate, I guess the theme park, Windsor, mm. right? Yeah, Windsor. You've got to have the electric cars to drive mm. around in, don't you? Yeah. Every theme, but Disneyland, they've all got them. <laughs> they've all got them. I mean, most of them have uh, choo-choo trains and stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, what the hell? Why but, not? An E-type. Uh, they, they said on the uh, it was a left-hand drive as a tribute to uh, Meghan Markle. I um, thought if they were doing a tribute to Megan Markle, they would have left in a Camaro or something like that. <laughs> no, no, we've had this discussion off air. It would have been a Dodge Challenger. We all know that. Black Dodge Challenger with a six-cylinder and lots of chrome. <laughs> Hallelujah! Anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. The boys arrived in a Mercedes Vito, in a glorified Vito. I thought that was interesting. In a Vito? Yeah. I didn't I just saw the... the Bentleys or Rollers? Or no, the two were. boys actually arrived in a glorified black Mercedes Vita. Oh. Lewis Hamilton must be really having a, an impression. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Good point. Good Rocking point. up in Mercedes Benz. They couldn't rock up in an Aston Martin or something like that. Was there any, you know, rap competitions back at the... Uh... <laughs> it's, I always, I, I find it interesting. I think they, they got the Jaguar into it by... Um, you know, as a tribute to the British, but um, there, there you go. They made the comment that he's a big James Bond fan, mm. and that was the decision. And I'm trying to think, when did James Bond ever have 
Okay. I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> it's Aston, it's Martin. Aston Martin. That's right. <laughs> Every bloody show. He's got, I think he had a BMW in one. Yeah. Had a BMW in one and he had a Lotus mm. in one. Yeah, but it was a Lotus Esprit. Esprit. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the submarine one. one. Yeah, the yeah, one that went yeah. underwater, yeah. Uh, but apart from that, they've been Astons, so mm. I don't see the connection. No, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> it would have been more of a... Her Majesty's stupid service if he was driving an electric. I mean, what's he going to do? Pull over and charge up? Oh, God, let's be realistic. It's James Bond. Maybe he's going to have rocket propelled batteries or something. I don't know. So there you go. Anyway, but my favourite part because mm. I'm 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 man enough to uh, to admit that my wife made me watch it. Mm. <laughs> Did you did you like the Reverend? I love the Reverend. It was it was reminiscent of the Blues Brothers. It was. I was waiting for someone to do cartwheels straight down the aisle. The light to come through and hit James Belushi and say, "I see the light." We gotta get the band back together. That's a like thing. Anyway, anyway, no, it was. Uh, Interesting to say the least. I, I was waiting for Prince Philip to say something because he normally he normally has the best comments. <laughs> well, anyway, he, he yeah. probably I could imagine he would have leant over to Queen Elizabeth and said, "Darling, uh, why are the cleaners uh, singing in the choir?" <laughs> <laughs> something so politically incorrect. Anyway, wouldn't, he wouldn't have meant that. It's just his eyesight. Yeah. He's old. He is old. They're both old. Jeez, he's he's old he's well into his 90s. Well, well into his 90s. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It looks all right for someone so that's in They his look 90s. happy. Yeah. It actually brought me back to my wedding. I am. Yeah. yeah Which was did. almost exactly one year. Almost one year. Yes. Mm. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you know, had a bit of a tear going on. Yep. You know, gave my wife a hug and a kiss, told her how much I love her. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Speaking of British influence, Formula One, Spanish Grand Prix. We had a Mercedes lockout at the front. Lewis Hamilton setting the pace, getting pole from Bottas in number two spot. you, you got to say that mm. Mercedes team is a well-oiled, well-refined yeah. team. Yep, no uh, doubt. And you would not blame Daniel Ricciardo for going to Mercedes, would you? I think it's logical. The heart wants him to go to Ferrari, but the head's telling me, you got to go. you got to go to Mercedes. He can win the championship from the number two car at Mercedes. You can't, not at Ferrari. I'm sorry. So, But it was an interesting race. We had... you, you, you still honestly believe that if he went to Ferrari, he'd be in the number two car? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'd, I'd like to think that that's not the case. you know. And I honestly think that as if he re-signs with Red Bull... Mm. He, you know, whether he's winning or not, he's always going to be the number two driver. Yeah. You know, because they've just got a reputation of, of being that way towards particularly Australians. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? no, I agree. I, the Mark Webber speaks for itself what happened there. But um, the reality is of the five drivers, four of them are out of contract at the end of the year. So Lewis is actually out of contract, but I can't see him going anywhere. Bottas is out and I can't see him. Wouldn't you want to quit? I think he's got more years left in him, Lewis. Yeah, I but think I, he's found his mojo after this Grand Prix, oh, to be honest. I, I think that if I was in his position, yep. I would call it quits. I mean, you know, there is a good chance he's going to win this championship. Mm. Yep. yep. So, yep. leave on a high, you've got the rest of your life to, you know, do commentary, whatever, get the tats removed, whatever. 
He's got, he's got plenty of time up his sleeve. He's got a 17-point lead in the championship now after after this race. I mean, look, don't, don't get me wrong. Mm. I think that it's, it's still open. Yeah. You know, things could change. Uh, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I think... So the, the worst thing that you can do, as far as I'm concerned as a race, race car driver, is stay in it that long that you become stale. Yeah. You know, yeah. you uh, um, the guy that won a couple of years ago, I forgot his name now. Nico Rosberg. That's the one. Mm. See, I think that he pulled off the perfect manoeuvre. Got in there, won the championship, got out. Yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Got nothing to prove to anyone, did it. Mm. Boop. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I think that uh, Daniel has a good shot from the number two car at, at Mercedes. He won't have that at, at Ferrari. Vettel is the only one in the five that is contracted next year. Raikkonen's out. Hamilton's out of contract. That is, Daniel's out of contract. So is Bottas. So I can't see Hamilton going anywhere, but I can imagine Bottas being removed and Daniel coming into the fray. But anyway, time will tell on that one. Mm. We had a crazy antics at the start of the race. Roman Grosjean was, I think, practicing for his debut in NASCAR, spun in front of the the pack. And it just was kept awesome. His foot into it, and- <laughs> it was a blaze of tires, mate. It was incredible. You know, as, as the podcast has gone on, I've been watching more Formula One and also the V8 supercars yeah. and getting right into it. And I've got to say, I know it's soft topic, but. The uh, supercar highlights. Channel Ten has done an amazing job mm. of editing out all of Mark Scaife's stupid <laughs> comments. I actually enjoy watching it because you know you can tell he's just about to say something, and then they cut to another scene, <laughs> jump five, six laps later. <laughs> so hats off to whoever's in the editing department. You're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we had Roman Grosjean having a massive spin in front of the pack. Luckily, only took out himself and two other cars, Pierre Gasly and Nico Hülkenberg. They weren't terribly impressed. Can't blame them. Uh, we had another failure in the Ferrari on lap 26. I don't know if you remember this this race one year ago. We had a young fan in the in the crowd. Mm, started crying. Started crying. Yeah. So he got to meet Kimi this this weekend. Yeah, I was at home crying. Mm. The result <laughs> was the same. We had another engine failure. Well, I've got to ask though, mm. right? Yep. Is there a link? Because whenever this kid seems to be at the yeah, the race, yeah, they're having he's having he's dropping out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe we should sit him down and ask him to barrack for Lewis Hamilton. What do you reckon? <laughs> Give it a crack. Day. Reach out to him if you're out there. Right, save your tears for Hamilton. Yep. Okay, or Shane Van Gisbergen. <laughs> I didn't say that. So, look, it was interesting pit strategy. I'm not convinced Ferrari haven't said it. Of course they're not. But Vettel pitted on lap 46 under the virtual safety car. That was a terrible stop. It was five and a half, over five and a half seconds, 5.7 to be exact. And that cost him any chance of the podium. But I reckon they were snookered into that pit stop because Mercedes balked at a pit stop at the same time. Uh, they pulled the Ferrari in, but Mercedes didn't come in, and I I'm just can't help but think they were they were lured into that stop. It certainly cost Vettel a third place. Do do you was there any reason that the stop took so long? They're not saying no, no, no. I think it was just a poor stop. Because they, I, I, I can't remember if it was Ferrari or one of the other teams a while back. They had a cross-threaded mm. nut. Yeah. Um, 
You no, know, this wasn't the case in this in this situation. It was, it was just, just a, a bad swap. Yeah, That's yeah. a long stop. Mm, yeah, five and a half seconds was terrible. And but it shows you how on the ball you need to be as a team mm. that a couple of seconds here can cost you the race. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah, no, that's um, right. Next race, Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. I'm looking forward to it. I know you don't think it's that, you know, all that. We've had mm. this discussion. But as far as I'm concerned, that is the track. Yeah, okay. You know, you go under the bridge. Oh, it's just yeah. killer. It's yeah. awesome. Now, uh, speaking of pit stops, mm. V8 supercars. Yeah. Right. I know, you know, Rick Kelly winning. Mm. Fantastic. Top effort. Yep. Uh, I thought it was a bit unfair in race one what happened to Scotty because he led it wire to wire and they just freight trained him. It wasn't the best restart for him, was it? No, nah, it was terrible because they, they got on the inside of the corner mm. and they're all bumper to bumper. Yeah. You get pushed out onto the marbles, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, especially there, and the marbles are yeah. quite significant. And, that, and that's exactly what happened. And there was nothing he could really do. He just got mm. muscled out of the way. Yeah. Um, like, all credit to the Kelly boys. You know, uh, I think it would be a lot easier if you're running a Ford or a Holden because you've got the ability to get all that information that, that, you know, gets passed around between the teams. And, you know, it's got to happen. The reality is if you're running with a forward sticker on your car or a Holden sticker on a car, mm. they're gonna, there's going to be a bit of uh, cross-pollination, let's call it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So those guys have had to do it all basically off their own back. And um, bittersweet at the end of the day with, with what happened with um, uh, Nissan announcing that they're pulling out. A bit of a tragedy, but, you know, you've got to wonder, is someone taking this spot... Uh, is Toyota going to be in there? Toyota's NASCAR engine could easily be, you know, transformed into yeah, a, definitely. Uh, a V8 supercar engine. But nonetheless, um, uh, as far as pit stops go, how good was the Shell team oh, the next yeah. day? Yeah, yeah. What a brilliant... Str- so for those of you that don't know, uh, it was Scotty, wasn't it? Mm. He got called in. They pulled him in, changed the tyre... And put him out in clean air, and that allowed him to make up the time yeah. that he'd lost. It was a, a brilliant strategic move, and he ended ended the race in third spot, didn't he? Not on Saturday. That was Sunday. Sun, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Sunday. On yeah. Sunday. That's what. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I mean. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Top effort. Top effort by those guys, and and of course Fabian taking out the yeah, race as yeah. well. So we had an all Kiwi podium. Yes, it was. Mm. Yep. That's a, so. Greg Murphy had some some joy with that, no doubt. So what do you think? The Nissan, the Nissan move is not one that I agree with personally. I thought that the Nissan would move on to the Nissan GDR in Gen 2 rules or the new rules of V8 supercars, or supercars, sorry. But they don't see a future. They, they actually said that they never contemplated the Nissan GDR to be part of this a grander plan. I, I think that um, you need to take into account that when Mark's like Nissan, hmm. uh, build a car of that stature, it really doesn't need to compete to prove itself. And this is the unfortunate thing about motor racing now. Uh, I forget who it was that coined the frame, uh, the, the phrase originally. Um, I believe that it was Bob Tasker Ford. Hmm. And he said, uh, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm, I'm led to believe that that you know, that's how yeah. it came about. Um, now, those cars back then, even in the early 60s with the Superstock sensation, the NHRA, they were pretty much 
factory cars. Mm. You know, the AFX has started to to get away from that factory thing, but yep. they still, you know, resemble the factory car. And our old Group C cars, uh, yeah, they had the flares on them, certain models, mm. uh, and you know the bolt-on wings, but essentially they had factory drivetrain in them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, now we've got these things that are basically not far off a space frame with a skin draped over them. They have no significance to the road-going version whatsoever. No. There's no, no. no link, bloodline, or otherwise. No. So is it important to win with these cars? Uh, one would argue no. Yeah, I don't. I think that we've completely... Uh, Completely, like the manufacturers really needed to step in a long time ago and say to the supercars, hey, boys, uh, where's this going? Because mm. I can see us all pulling out. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know, you know, like, yeah, you still have the people, yeah, Ford, yeah, Holden, but the landscape's changing, yeah. okay? I get more inquiries for um, Nissan, you know, like Skyline converters, BMW converters, people doing oddball gearbox conversions to European cars. Uh, yeah, so that Ford Holden thing, I don't know. I don't know how much longer it's going to be around, and I don't know whether, you know, Eddie uh, says quite often that, that he does what he does with the LSs and so on because it's relevant to today. And I think that the V8 supercar deal it's really lost its, well, supercar deal, uh, has lost its relevance, mm. you know. And um, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's, yep. it's exciting to watch. The racing's mm. great, but to expect the factory to back it, you know, those guys would be better off putting XY body shells on there and Monaro body shells because mm. I think, you, like, I don't think it would change no. the, the, the outcome, you know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, it's it's interesting. Nissan are going to be uh, forging ahead with um, Formula E. Believe it or not, they're putting their eggs in the Formula E basket, and the, also the Japan GT series as well in the Nissan GDRs. See, this is why I, I never understood the GT series at all. Because you buy a Lamborghini because it's a Lamborghini, you buy a Ferrari because it's a Ferrari. You don't buy it because it's a good race car. Mm, yep. And to be honest, you know, having driven. A couple of those types of cars, they're bloody awful road cars, let alone mm, yeah. <laughs> race cars, you know. You Is can't the, see out of them. The Gatti, you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Can't see out of them. The, the automatic clutch system that they run's crap. If it's got to go over the curb, you'll burn the clutch out of it, and it's, you know, 15 grand or whatever to do a clutch in them. So... Yeah, I never understood why, and I think it was one of those things that, oh, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm racing a Lamborghini, you know. They're probably cheaper to buy than, mm. than the road-going versions. Like, the, I don't think they're GD4s and stuff like that, but um, I don't know whether the Porsche GD4s that they race are actually GD4s that they turn into race cars or they're, you know, some Porsche race car program car. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it, I just don't... I've never understood racing prestigious cars. It was different with Ferrari because Ferrari... People don't realise this. Well, a lot of people don't. That Ferrari didn't build road cars; they built race cars. Mm. The there was a guy that used to work for Ferrari, 
who migrated to America and all the Hollywood stars wanted these fancy cars and he went back and convinced Enzo, let me build a road car mm. and, um, you know, the, the next line of 250s and 330s and so on, 250 Californias, were all inspired by him. And, and I believe that family still owns the rights, so they get a royalty for every Ferrari that's sold into America still to this day. All right, okay. From this, yep. you know, this goes back to the 60s, 50s, whatever mm. it was. Um, so his primary focus was race cars, yeah. and and the whole Ferrari uh, company, like the whole thing, was based on on race cars because it was originally Alfa Romeo, and Enzo Ferrari took over running the the racing team and the SF that you see, you see the prancing horse in the mm. SF, it stands for Scuderia Ferrari, which That's is the correct. stable yep. of Ferrari. So he said to Alpha, look, I'll, I'll run this for you. You guys worry about building cars and we'll do this. And then that eventually morphed into Ferrari. Mm. But he had no intention of building road cars at all. He yeah. was just interested in race cars. So Lamborghini was different. He wanted to build road cars. He mm. actually approached Ferrari and said to him, hey, your gear shift mechanism, shit, I've redesigned it. Because he was, he was a tractor builder. Yeah, yeah. Right? Still is. Uh, it still is. There well, you go. Yeah, they're part of the Deutzfahr group now, but yeah. Nonetheless, he he was all about the road car. You know what I mean? Mm. Maserati had racing heritage, but they tended towards the road car mm. towards the end there. So it was you know, kind of weird. When you see Lambos and Ferraris racing, you think, you guys idiots. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so many other cars you could be racing. You're racing yeah. those. Yeah. So, yeah, that GD category... Because the GT cars that they race at Le Mans, they're not, you know, like they might have a badge on them. <laughs> yeah, that's often Audi, but it's a it's a purpose built race car. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have any of the DNA of the road car. You know, maybe when they were running the diesels, the injectors might have been the same. Or something. <laughs> I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think um, a car like a GDR mm. doesn't have anything to prove. Yep. You know, in the early days when they released them and they, they used them in the Group A series and so on, it was different because that really was... It wasn't the first GDR. The first GDR was a two-litre uh, naturally aspirated inline six with, you know, twin-throat carbies and yeah. oh, or six single-throat carbies, whatever they were. Um, but it was the first of that new era and it mm. was the first car that really bombarded us with all this technology. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the latest version... Mate, what an animal. Mm. You know, I mean, you would probably buy the Porsche because it's a Porsche, mm. but at the end of the day, you'd leave the dealership thinking, shit, I should have bought a GDR. <laughs> Incredible piece of machinery. And, and you know, the electronics in all these new supercars, you know, Lambos and so on, they're all heading in that direction where mm. it's more like a... I, I guess that, you know how you, you build simulators they actually had a special on the v8s about um erebus's uh hundred thousand dollar uh simulator and how they can practice for tracks that they've never raced mm. on before right well you're trying to simulate uh a real car yeah i think that the the cars now are trying to simulate the games yeah in the way that they corner because to think that you could do that um is is just unbelievable. Mm. I mean, you know, this is a road car. This isn't something that's on slicks 
with huge wings creating two ton of downforce and you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think that cars like that really need to prove themselves anymore. No. You know? I, I agree with you. And and you know, but... there, there is there are cars that have just come onto the market or not that long ago that had that kind of arrogance like you wouldn't see a Pagani racing in a G C mm. would you? No, no, no. You know what I mean? They've well, yeah. I got nothing to prove. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> anyway, we'll see one more year with the Nissan Altima. Anyway, even though they're pulling out their interest this year, uh, the the Kelly boys have committed to another year with Nissan Altimas, and then after that, it's um they're open to discussions with with different manufacturers. Although I'll go back to what they know. Holden, I guess next race for the V8 Supercars is in Darwin, which is on the 16th and 17th of June. Oh, it's good to see the Penske's up the pointy end again yeah yeah it is it is great to see all right moto gp what an awesome race it was pretty well <laughs> it, it was it was awesome to a point and then it we got sort of taken away Look, once again you know the the moto gp it just never it never ever uh ceases to um bring an amazing spectacle mm. to wherever it runs and and really make the locals, uh, you know, f- like the, the racers just try their hardest when they're on their home track. And Zarco, yeah. qualifying pole. What an mm. incredible yeah. run. Yeah, at home. It's just unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, you know you know what I got out of this race. I mean, it was tragic what happened to Dovey, mm. right? Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, Mark has got it given to him. But here's the reality, okay? Over the years of watching Valentino Rossi I've seen him do some incredible things, mm-hmm. right? Um, Dovi lost the bike. Like, yep. he was, uh, you know, what what happened, you know? He lost the front. It mm-hmm. washed out on him. That was it. Game over, okay? Marquez lost the front. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I did. He lost yeah. the front. He put his elbow down and stood the bike back up. Now, yeah. I'm not a Marquez fan, but credit where credit's due, that is like a Rossi-style move from, you know, Rossi 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he he earned that race win. Um, I reckon he would have been impossible to beat, even if the other guys hadn't. Uh, yeah. You know, he had a killer strategy with the tyre. He went for the hard rear. Yeah, he was hard. So, he was the only one that was on... I think he was the only one that was on a hard, actually. I think you might be right, which meant that it, the race was going to come to him towards the closing stages. Yeah, you know, he was. So, he was the only one on a hard. So, Petrucci and Miller went for a soft, but um, the rest were on medium and Marquez was on a hard. I've got to tell you, I think the strategy of going out on a soft and trying to make that early lead is flawed. Yeah. Because I've noticed that whenever they try to do that, because Zarco usually does this too, right? The other guys seem to find the pace. You know, yeah. they pull it out of somewhere. Um, it was great to see Rossi back on the podium. I think that Rossi needs su- stuff like that to stir him back up, to yeah. get him motivated again. Yep. And what a massive shuffle to the points. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just an yeah. unbelievable... Like, Dovi left leading the points a couple of races ago, looking like he had the championship in the bag. And now he's in, like, ninth spot or something. Yeah, he's in... Not, I'll tell you exactly... He has dropped down to ninth. We actually have in second place, believe it or not, Maverick Vinales. Yeah. So he's yep. just sort of been ticking away there, Maverick. So, but it's a substantial jump down to him, thirty-six points down from Mark Marquez down to Maverick. The 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 one that uh, didn't surprise you was Ian Oney. 
back yeah. to his standard Crash Bandicoot days. <laughs> they call him the man, the maniac. No, he's not the maniac. He's just straight out Crash Bandicoot. Well, at least Alex Rins finished this race. He didn't fall off. He's no. fallen off three races in a row. Alex actually got to the end of this race. Um, pre-race, we had uh, on the Friday, Andre Davizioso, he actually announced, well, he didn't announce, but Ducati announced that he has signed for another two years. Yes, so yes. he's locked away for two years. Jorge, however, has not. Probably going elsewhere. Still unconfirmed. Jack Miller and uh, Danilo Petruzzi are in the box seat for that yeah. second Ducati ride. Yep, yep. I think Petrucci's going to take it. Yeah. I th- that's my gut feeling. Um, yeah, like it seems like everyone's either going to KDM mm. or GKD. Yep. You know what I mean? There's yep. not, not a lot of action going anywhere else. KDM would be dollars, I reckon. Yep. They would be buying whatever they can get um, in that standard Red Bull fashion. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. how we do business. We just buy everything. <laughs> Look, Jack Miller did himself some favours, finished fourth on the weekend. He so... did. He did. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I... uh, Carl Crutchlow. Oh, amazing, isn't it? That crash. Had a massive, massive crash. He actually spent the night in hospital. Yeah, I know. He was in hospital. I know. He went from hospital to the race and and raced. It was that crash was effort. ridiculous. I don't know if you realise he actually finished eighth in that yeah, I know. race I as know. well. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Just to be on the bike on the yeah. star line was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be um, an interesting end of season. Hopefully we get word on and where Jorge's off to. He hasn't said... Uh, Ducati haven't said that he's leaving either, but it doesn't KDM. look likely that he will KDM. stay. And they've also bought Andre Davizioso up in um, remuneration. He was apparently getting paid significantly less than... Yeah, um, I, I, the rumour was Jorge. that he was on $2 million mm. and Jorge was on 14 or mm. something like that. So uh, next race, Mugello. Yep. Rossi Italy. loves that track. Yep. yep. So fingers crossed... Yep. <laughs> now, also, Mark Marquez, I've got a mistake in the notes, I'll put Dobby, but yeah, Mark yeah. Marquez has equaled Casey Stoner's number of wins. He's now the fifth most winning rider in history. Yep, he is. And there's he some is. notable names ahead of him. Yep. Which I think he'll probably pass cross off a few more. Because you've got to keep those sorts of titles. Yeah, moving on to someone else. feel sorry right. for whoever intends on trying to beat Zaps because they're probably going to have to start racing Door Slammer when they're about 10. <laughs> we have a billion dollar bank account. A billion dollar bank account. <laughs> oh, speaking of billion dollar bank accounts, Keith Haney, he's got one, but still couldn't get him qualified into the field for the pro mod meet that we just had in Topica. That was rain delayed, actually. Finished today, that, that meet. So he debuted in NHRA, Keith Haney, in his pro mod Nitrous Camaro with Summit Racing on board, uh, failed to qualify for the event. So the duck took great pleasure in <laughs> reminding him of that. <laughs> it's uh, it's just incredible that Steve Jackson, mm. first race meeting NHRA, top qualifiers. Yep. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. right. Street Outlaws. Uh, uh, Justin Shearer. Justin Shearer. Big, yeah. big chief. Big chief. <laughs> Couldn't qualify. Nope. Keith Haney. No. Nah. Summit behind him. Plus, he's, he's a multi, multi-millionaire himself. Yeah. Couldn't he qualify. He is. Look, in saying that he couldn't qualify, he actually qualified in the 20th, but it was the... Uh, what was... What was... This is on the other page, 21st, sorry. <laughs> it was a 5.90. 
remember that we're at 3,000 feet corrected altitude yeah, here at and, this Yeah, and what was the bump? The bump, good point, was 586. <laughs> mm, yeah, so it was 4,100s <laughs> off. So, And what was the top qualifying? Top qualifier was Chad Green, actually, with a 5.762. Now, I'd just like to point something out here, Nick. When you run nitrous, mm. you bring the atmosphere, atmosphere in mm. the bottle, yep. right? Uh, good nitrous conditions are high-altitude ones. So, yep. yeah, not sure what happened there. Look, no, <laughs> neither do I. But, I mean, look, hes I don't think he's scheduled to compete in all the events. But, look, good on Keith. I don't mind Keith. Um, he's um, oh, Listen, anyone anyone that's getting into pro mod, yeah. you know. Unfortunately, our, our man... Uh, Steve Jackson went out round one. Yeah, it was a red light, actually. I forgot to put that in the notes, but it was a red light. It was an uh, 013 red light to Sydney Freno. So that was that was a bit disappointing for him. Uh, nitrous car, Ricky Smith, he went all the way to the final and come up against newcomer Chad Green. Now, that's the first time these guys have actually met in eliminations. Yeah. Um, Chad Green was a top qualifier. Uh, but, I mean, the track wasn't the best. We had a bit of rain on it the day before. Uh, there was a bit of a... Bit of a pedal fest. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loves the pedal yeah. fest. Yeah, no, it certainly was. So, yeah, we saw uh, Ricky Smith get his second win for the year, actually. Must be glad he's made the switch from slow stock. Oh, sorry, pro stock <laughs> to pro mod. All right. Uh, while we're on the door slammer, uh, mm. the European record got smashed. It did, yes. Uh, now, this was some sort of outlaw event? It was an outlaw yeah, event, yeah, no right. rules. It was 14 cars, actually, turned up for the event. So, run what you brung? Run what you brung, basically. No, there was absolutely no rules at all. And it was a gentleman by the name of Matthias Walken. I was, assume that's how you pronounce his name. Volcano Racing. <laughs> <laughs> now, now is, he, is he just by chance based in Hawaii? <laughs> no, he's actually from Sweden. <laughs> he's from Sweden, believe it or not. And um, he's run a 553 at 262 mile an hour at the Santa Pod on the Which weekend. just goes to show for all you turbo guys there, you don't need to run mile an hour to run ET. Mm. No. <laughs> no, that was a blown deal, that one. So very very similar car looks-wise, obviously. Not, I don't know, mechanically, but looks-wise to Zapier's uh, US BDRA car. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The, yep. the uh, 0.8986 foot. Yeah, that's hauling that's, the mail. There. That is incredible. I think that's now Frank, who um, pointed this out to us, he actually told me today that this track was just resurfaced. I think two Santa months Pod. ago. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very yeah. recently. So it's a very green new surface on this track. So I think this is their first, maybe second meet. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, Ten thousand pounds to the winner. Uh, it was seventy-five thousand pounds paid out over the weekend across. Or it's it, great to see Santa Pod. Uh, hmm. You know, obviously, uh, it's it's uh, having a second life, I guess, like yeah. a revitalization hmm. of drag racing in England. No, that's um, right. Yep. You know, it, it, for those of you that don't know, that the quickest ever quarter mile pass ever run was run at Santa Pod back in 1984. Slam and Sammy Miller set the world's quickest quarter mile time 3.58 seconds ladies and gentlemen in his hydrogen peroxide mustang <laughs> funny car hydrogen peroxide powered mustang funny car so the way it works is you have one chamber that's full of compressed air and then another chamber that's full of hydrogen peroxide 
and then you have the little rocket motor. And essentially, all the rocket mo- motor is is a, is a bit of a like ball uh, structure with a funnel at one end. And between the ball structure and the funnel is a thin silver mesh. When the hydrogen peroxide hits the silver mesh, the silver mesh acts as a catalyst. And it expands, I'm pretty sure it's like 10,000 times or something. So you, you get this massive plume of basically steam mm. coming out the back of it. Um, so the way it works is when you flick the tap open, the air pressure pressurizes the vessel that's got the hydrogen peroxide and then that sprays against the mesh and then you get your thrust. Yeah, okay. And because you're pushing against the steam, it's like having a jet engine up against a wall. Mm. You don't have that... You know, the jets kind of take a while to get going type yeah. thing. You don't... It's just instantaneous. And, yeah, I believe he ran a one-something to the eighth. And, like you said, three point... 3.58 seconds. <laughs> 386 miles an hour. That's actually 621 kilometers an hour. <laughs> and, and the thing is, Nick, that car was shut off because they only ever put enough fuel so mm. that it's accelerating up to about 600 to 800 feet. Yeah. So that car shut off way early. <laughs> yeah, and this is this was back. This is well in real terms, not that long ago, July nineteen eighty four. Yeah, that's yeah, mm. nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. There's a bit of history there for the people of. Um, and you know, you know what? I think it's um, I think it's 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 a, a time for mm. all the radio guys to aim for. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that's the quarter, not the eighth quarter. <laughs> Speaking of uh, radial racing, uh, Harry Haig, your oh, friend, Harry. Harry, Harry. You need to give him a plug. He, oh, gave, he gave you a good plug. I don't know if you've seen. You mate, probably haven't. No, I haven't. haven't he has. Mate, haven't, uh, he has. So, um, you know, like I said in the last podcast, I've been flight chat. Mm. One of the transmissions that had to be done and gone was Harry's transmission. So, yeah. um Harry's been chipping away with this car for a while, but he's had a lot of bad luck, mm-hmm. just really, literally bad luck. And we haven't been involved in the transmission side of things. And uh, I, I spoke to Harry a while back and I said to him, listen, I've got this new design power glide, right? We call it the big dog. We're going to release it. But I really need it to be in a car where I can just show people and like, this is, you know, this is the deal. Now, Harry runs something very similar in Stevo, the Aussie Chevelle yep. in the US, um, so he, he was he was a bit strapped for cash. You know, he he does. For those of you that don't know Harry, he is a proper Aussie, hmm. right? Shepherdin, and he you know he works hard, and um, he doesn't have sponsors or anything like that. He does everything off his own back. He's got a great bunch of mates that help him, much the same as what when we were racing back, you know, hmm. in the Super Street days. You know, that camaraderie yep. where they just get together and they do things. And they've built some amazing cars in the shortest amounts of time. It's ridiculous, you know. Mm. So this car now, it's got uh, power from Terry Singh from Paramount Performance. It's basically the same engine that, that um, Harry's been running from the beginning. But uh, Terry's gone and worked his magic on it. Um, the headers are from Kyle at 6 Boost. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, the turbos on it are nothing to write home about. Uh, I believe that it runs tubular arms, yep. um, but still the factory suspension mounting points. And it is still all HQ, mm, right? Yeah. It is not uh, like, you know, a HQ shell draped over. And they genuinely drive this. It, as a piss take, 
instead of towing a trailer like everyone else with all this shit, they and this is no bullshit, they tow a tinny behind this thing. Yep. Okay, so um, last year leading up to Drag Challenge, he ran a 780. Hmm. <clears throat> and... Um, you know, I sort of warned him that um, if that's a conventional shaft power glide, because our new big dog stuff, it's got custom, you know, large shafts, and it really is designed for big horsepower, yeah. you know? And and this is from the years of, of working with transmissions like the mics and the BTEs and so on, and, and just saying, oh, yeah, that's really cool what they've done there. You know, uh, I could use that idea, okay? So the shafts in, in uh, the big dog... Uh, Australian made they're not a US made shaft uh, they're made out of a different material to what they use in the US and I've, I've specifically designed this so that everything's got the opportunity to flex doesn't mm. have that severity like uh, a lot of the, the alloys don't want to have that elasticity in them like they're strong but yeah. when they get to that point they just snap right and because of the tracks that Harry's going to be racing at uh, in drag challenge I really wanted it you know the best that it could possibly be so and the torque converter is the new x6 design that um uh, the difference between the x6 and other torque converters that we've built in the past for these types of, of deals is we're, tr we're trying to with turbo cars and you know i know i always take the piss out of them but at the end of the day um you know i've been involved in this whole turbo scene for a very long time a lot mm. longer than i mean i'll be honest with you when i started playing with the turbo type stuff a lot of the people that are racing at the motorplex now weren't even born yet yes <laughs> so um what i was trying to achieve is a torque converter that was very loose down low to help them get up on boost and very tight up top so that once they got on uh, the converter, they wouldn't drive through it. Yeah. Right? And that that's the whole difference with the X6 compared to any of the other torque converters in the range. And um, basically, he got that transmission and torque converter only a few days um, before uh, this event. He said that I needed it. You know, so basically, I rang him up and I said, listen, we don't want to leave this to the last minute. We don't want, you know, like Drag Challenge is two weeks away. Let's get something happening. Um I've got the bits together. We've got the box done and sent. Uh, we also have uh, been working with Kyle Putland because mm. um, uh, Kyle uh, owns a company that, that uh, specialises in hydraulic valves. Yep. And Kyle had been playing around with some stuff that he wanted to test on his own car, uh, converter dump and converter bleed system. And um, he'd sort of not abandoned the project, but didn't really need it, you know, with with the setup that he's running. So I took over what he'd done, mm. um, and then uh, we added the bits and pieces that we needed to, and we've got this available as a kit now. Yep. Through all fast. Now Harry didn't even run it, <laughs> so the bleed valve system, um, he still got that available to him to wow. fit to the car yeah okay uh so the, his biggest problem initially was that the front end was just you know going skyward and he sent me some videos of that thing like basically on the back bumper mm. um so he's he was having to every run and this is like we're talking seven second runs right yeah. he was having to lift and then roll back into the throttle um so 
between and and I don't know whether he was taking the piss when when he told me this. So on the first day of testing, he got it down to a seven five nine, hmm. at uh, I think it was one hundred ninety seven mile an hour, which is ridiculous. Can you imagine driving a HQ? Like he said to me, the back of the bonnet was open about six inches. Anyone that's ever owned a H, uh, you know, Q to Z. Holden would understand what that means because the, the hinge setup uh, is prone to doing that. The windscreen wipers were sort of floating in the air and all the chrome mouldings were flicking off the car. Right? So uh, he, he said to me that they were going to drill the shocks and I don't know whether he's taking a piss or not, right? But knowing the way he is, it doesn't surprise me, right? They were going to drill the shocks, drain the oil out of them, fill it up with some diff oil, to stiffen the shocks, the front shocks up to try and control the wheel standing. Yeah. So whatever they did, um, the next day the car went to seven four zero at one hundred and ninety mile an hour. So for those of you that uh, don't speak Imperial, that's three hundred and six kilometers an hour in a that's HQ Holden. Really, it is really is incredible. A four door HQ Holden. So fingers crossed. This year's drag challenge, he's got all the heebie-jeebies out of the, the system and everything's debugged. And, um, you know, let's just... <laughs> I'm just praying, you know? Well, I could I could stand corrected, but I thought on the 740, he actually... The car didn't pull up as quickly as what he anticipated oh. and went into the gravel. Okay, so... so And he punched a front runner as well? He possibly would have. I don't know. I'll, I'll, it definitely I'll, did go in the gravel. I okay, so, yeah. so so what happened was that after he ran the 750, right, uh, I'd gotten off a, a phone call to Biage, actually, mm. and um, I'd gone to call someone else and my phone locked up, right? Yep. Now, I couldn't, for those of you that, that know the Apple product, uh, you can uh, f- do a forced restart. You have to hold the top button down while mm. you hold the, the uh, button on the face down, okay? My top button broke a few months ago. All <laughs> so, right. So I had a blank screen mm. and, and the thing would ring and do everything, but I couldn't answer it. So I haven't spoken to Harry. I took the phone in, got it fixed yep. on um, Sunday, right? And um, this this was my weekend in the last couple of days, right? So, <laughs> so uh, Sunday uh, three a.m. I wake up, right? Cold sweat, freaking out. Okay, hmm. my late father's house. There's a wall, and any brickies out there, they might be able to, um, you know, fill me in on on why this has happened. Okay. Um, there was a wall, or there's still there. Most of it's still there. Some of it's still there. There's a wall that's been slowly eroding. It's made out of solid bricks. Now, that house is probably, I don't know, 50 years old, 60 years old, something like that. You know, 1950, somewhere around there was built. And this retaining wall is double brick, and it's made out of solid bricks. And these bricks have been eroding, like turning into powder, mm. okay? Now, um, I've, I've been living with my wife, you know, for a couple of years now, and I, I hardly ever go past there, you know. And I just had this overwhelming thought that I've got to go and check that wall. So I got dressed, drove out to Bayswater, and it had eroded so far that it's gone through both layers of bricks and the sand has started to... Shit. Come. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we've got some heavy rain coming up, yeah. right? That wall's going to go, mm. Okay. 
So I, I um, all right, what am I going to do? So I started formulating a bit of a plan, okay? So on the Sunday, I took the phone in to um, get repaired. And uh, yesterday, I drilled into the, the ground and fitted some uh, Rio bar. And I've built this entire lattice that goes a full length. This is a bloody big wall, by the way. Full length of this wall and drilled into what's left of the brickwork. Oh, yeah. Right? And then and with all Rio bar, 16 mil Rio bar. And then I've um, uh, put the concrete mesh and welded that to that as well. And then today, uh, an old mate of mine, Ray, used to drag race. He had um, the VK Commodore, or was the VH Commodore, the VK front and back. There used to be the Genie car. Oh, yes. Yeah, right? yeah. So um, he's been out of racing for a few years. He's scrutineered down there and worked mm. down at the track. Uh, he rang me up about a converter because he wants to get back into racing. And we're having a chat. And I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy at the moment. And he said, you know, do you want a hand? I've done form work. So today we formed it all. Yep. And... Um, beautiful job like well you know I, I think it is <laughs> anyway I don't know I'm not a form worker I've been really lucky that I know uh, a few concreters I spoke to Al McClure yep. and, and he filled me in on you know what how it all works because the, the MPA is the, the density of the, the concrete and then the uh, the number before 20, 16, 10 whatever is the size of the aggregate yep. right so I've ordered my mix 10 mil aggregate, 40 MPA, right? And we're pouring the concrete tomorrow. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I know. It's a big deal. Like, I've never done this kind of stuff before. <laughs> um, I was really blown away that we actually got all the form work done. And, you know, because I, I kind of dreamt it up on the spot. So, my point is, I haven't had a chance to talk to Harry. <laughs> I've actually been sending him photos of the retaining wall <laughs> in the progress. Because, because, um, he, he, you know, wanted to have a bit of a chat and I said, dude, like, i I got to get this done. And I knew we had the, you know, we were recording tonight as well. Mm. So, and in amongst this, um, I've still got a few jobs to, to get out before yeah. the end of the week. So, um, I didn't know that that had happened. Yeah, um, definitely get went into the, that I can confirm. He's got a photo of his crew and they're posing in the gravel trap and it's in deep. It's indeed. That's incredible. But it, it's, it's punctured the front front runner as well. Yeah, well, that's... So he did get it. He Someone borrowed a front, lent him a front runner, and they got the car back out again, but they missed a couple of... They must have, in the cleanup, they've, they haven't collected all the gravel out of the car, and it's the gravel's gone under the tyres, and it's gone a bit loose, so it's got out of it. But they would have probably improved on that 740, no doubt. Well, I, I don't know... You know, because all these records, particularly with the radio guys, really confused me. But mm. I think Terry was kind of everyone would would used to say that that was Australia's quickest streetcar at mm. a, at a seven thirty seven. I believe that Ferroni has run um, a seven twenty recently here. Yep. Um, so you know, looking at how I mean that's four tenths, mm. right? Um, now I'm not going to take all the credit. Uh, with the, the the converter and the trans, um, but you know, I, I just I told him when we were doing this, I just want to give you something that's you're not going to have to worry about. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's that's the thing with these types of cars. If you can do lap after lap after lap and chip away without having reliability issues, mm. then you know it just makes your life a bit easier. So fingers crossed, because I mean, it would be crazy to see a HQ four door run a six. Oh, it's out of control. But, you know, I mean, I just, like, 
if someone had told you that an untarbed <laughs> factory, you know, factory-ish suspension um, HQ, I mean, you just, you know. So we we must keep an eye on this. Yeah, watch this space. Yeah, definitely, definitely. definitely. Yep. And and the other thing is, I, I've got to catch up with Zap and get his comments on this because. <laughs> <laughs> That is just unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's... Anyway, big credit to the guys, and um, fingers crossed uh, they don't have any anything crazy happen for Drag Challenge this yeah. year. And we have got to try and get over there. Mm, yeah, We've definitely. got to try. I see yeah. that um, uh, Scott's in the 11s now. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well and truly when, when, the 11s, when we yeah. come back with the, uh, the Camry, mm. <laughs> we've got to make sure we're into the 11s. All right. Um, just following up on our podcast from last week, I haven't had a response from 400 Thunder, but I'm not surprised. So anyway, <laughs> they will conclude the Winter Nationals on the 7th and to the 10th of June at Willow Bank Raceway. I think that's a long weekend over there for the Queenslanders. So, the, the Andrew Championship's been decided. Yeah, look, it was probably de- it was decided some time ago, but the points have just it was the points have been updated just not that long. Craig Geddes in comp. Jim Ioannidis, Super Stock, Comp Bike, Tony Frost, Top Sportsman, Jason Arbery, Supercharged Outlaws, Justin Russell, Modified, Matt Snoozy, Super Sedan, Peter Tazakis, Super Street, Harry Harris, Mod Bike, Danny Ricard, Junior Dragster, Bradley Bishop, Super Gas, Graham Spencer. Not one champion from WA. <laughs> yeah, the WA contingency, I, I think our best was Alan Mankoff in Supercharged Outlaws. I could could stand corrected, but he was probably third or fourth in Supercharged Outlaws. But the rest, we um, clearly chose not to travel. Uh, I have it on good authority that our mate Marty Mirko... Mm. Is going to travel next season. Okay. So, um, so I could stand corrected. I think Marty may have come fourth as well in Super Sedan. I could stand corrected on the fourth or fifth in Super Sedan. So, if he does travel, that's great because yeah. I think he'll give him a run for his money. No I think doubt. I think he will too. Mm. I think he will. Yep. And um, you know that those guys, man, they they they're a top team. Yeah. They're nice guys. The car is immaculately presented. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, yep. and it's a beautiful yeah. car. Isn't it, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that that is that's kind of what's starting to get missing out of the the sport is, yeah. um, you know, cars like that that mm. that basically it's a show car that uh, gets raced. Yeah, yeah. You know, to keep a black car looking that good. Mm. Interested in what we're talking about? I urge you to read Drag News that just came out. I got my edition today. Luke Newhoff, in his editorial, writes a very interesting piece on where we're at at the moment between Andrew and 400 Thunder. Very well, well written from Luke. We expect always, always yep. well written. And um, yep, agree 100%, Luke, with you if you're listening. Um, agree 100%. I'll just leave it at that. I'll, people can read it. Get your go to his website, dragnews.com.au, subscribe and get it sent out to you. Awesome magazine. Yeah, the yeah. quality is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and he puts it together mostly himself as well. And an article and good friends of ours, um, Matthew and Steph Galotto in there as well. Yep. So, excellent. Excellent. Good reading. So, big news 
Ford. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it is interesting, but oh, I can understand why why they're doing it. Uh, they, this is now. This is North America. You know. You know what it is, Nick. Mm. It's the rise of soccer. Is it's it causing it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me. Well, the soccer mum. Oh yeah, well yeah, of course the soccer mum. It's all right. It's you know, <laughs> this is the thing. Well, you know, when I was young, I played soccer. Yeah. Right? When I was young, and I copped it. You know, that <laughs> you know, like it's not real football. And I'm thinking AFL, like you guys uh, holding the ball with your bloody hand, and you're criticising football, soccer, saying it's not football. I played soccer too, actually. I used to go friend. You so, to so up. what's happened? What's happened? Mm. Right. The world game, blah, 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 this, that, and the other, right? Okay, so we've seen more and more of the soccer mums. Yep. Right? Internationally. Yeah. You know, internationally, because it's the world game, right? So the soccer mum influence is international. And Ford's gone, well, you know what? We've, we've just got to cater to soccer mums. <laughs> got to build SUVs. Now, SUVs shit me, right? If you've me parked too. next I, to I, one I, at a shopping centre... I don't get them. I don't they're get just... Them. Anyway... If you park, like, you know, we, young Nicholas, you know, we, we like to get out and about. We need to be able to open the door yeah. to get the capsule out, right? If it was up to me, I'd get my missus to hold, hold him in her arms. But that's illegal in this country, <laughs> you know? Seems to be fine in China. Bali, they're allowed to ride on scooters, but here... Anyway, so you park next to a bloody SUV, you can't open the door, mm. right? You're stuck behind one in traffic. You can't see. If you've got to turn right, you can't see if there's anything no, coming. No. Right? What we need is an SUV tax. Oh, yeah. That's what we need. So anything that's got a tyre that measures more than 26 inches in diameter, right, should pay an extra $10,000 reach over a year. <laughs> you think 10 is too much? So, so for those of you that don't know or haven't heard this, right, Ford has announced it's cutting its passenger car line down to just two models, mm. the Mustang yep. and the Focus, by 2020. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah this Mate. is North America. Yeah, yep. but uh, so what are we going to get? Rebadged? Well, you'd have to... The Mondeo will still come out of Europe, but that has to be... That's all we're going to get. We, we, we can't get anything else. Mondeo. Jim Hackett. So, so in, Another in bloody all of Hackett. This, you know, in all of this, we lose the Fiesta, no big loss there. The Focus, the Fusion. Why are they going to race in NASCAR? That'll be interesting. It'll be the Mustang. Mustang. Yeah. And the Taurus is gone as well. So, uh, yeah. So now, when I say Focus, they are running with the Focus Active, which is a, a more of a, a crossover car that would be more comparable to the Subaru XV. So it's a higher clearance Focus. So an SUV. An SUV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we get drummed into us about how important uh, fuel efficiency is and, mm. you know, yeah, SUVs are brick on wheels. Yeah, yeah. Really fuel efficient. Speaking anyway. of which, mm. speaking of which, I had a thought the other day. Mm. Okay, so, you know me, I like to research things in that, okay. So, so and, and if there's, I'm, I'm actually thinking about ringing up Triple J on Thursday mm. and posing this question to Dr. Carl. Yep. Right? Okay. So, so listen up on Thursday. You might hear the gongs on Triple J. What time will that be? 
Uh, I think he's on around eleven or twelve, but okay. I've got to ring earlier because it's it's WA. But don't mm. don't don't hold your breath because you know usually what happens is my my plans get changed for me. Who knows? Tomorrow we we might be pouring the concrete, and the concrete might end up all down the driveway <laughs> when the formwork gives way. <laughs> so fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Anyway, so and correct me if I'm wrong here. Mm. Okay, from my understanding. Okay, uh, we are told that the oil and coal, right, that we are burning now, okay, that's causing us all these uh, carbon problems, greenhouse effect, climate change, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. They that oil and coal, gas, etc., were made from decomposing forests, mm-hmm. right, millions of years ago, yep. during the dinosaur era, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all agreed on this, yeah? Yep. Okay. So, plants form themselves, like their structure, from taking, using photosynthesis, taking carbon dioxide out of the air, right? And combining it with water, and that's how they build their carbon structure, mm. right? So, if they were able to collect all that carbon back then... Mm. Right? Doesn't it stand to reason that that carbon was in the air? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah, you're right. Well, this is the thing. Everyone I, I pose this question to goes, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it must have been in the air for the plants to get it. Mm. So, and I, you know, you know, like you know me and you know that I'm pro the environment yeah. and, you know, I'm not, a, I don't vote green, right? I'm, I'm not even going to vote red or blue actually i've got a funny story to tell you i was in a teleconference with um uh uh bill shorten okay labor leader bill shorten yeah funny funny story i'll I'll tell you that i'll tell you that in a sec right but anyway so you know i'm pro the environment I'm, i'm all for reducing emissions and so on and so forth but if that's true hmm. that all that carbon dioxide was once in the atmosphere right and these plants sucked it up and then whatever happened they got buried got turned into oil, uh, coal, gas, right? By us burning it, aren't we restoring the atmosphere to what it was before? Oh, logic would have you correct, but I, I, I don't profess well, I to know. Can't, to I can't explain it any other. Like I've, I've sort of, you know, I've asked some people that I consider to be pretty smart and they've gone... Oh, <laughs> Well, you know, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, is there, is there no one with any logic that's, you know, I'm not arguing that the, the, the climate's changing. I definitely feel that it's hmm. getting hotter. And in amongst doing this research, um, it turns out that the bloody hole in the ozone layer is above Australia. Yeah. And yeah. it's getting bigger, hmm. right? Apparently, uh, without dropping any names, like Russia or China, <laughs> some of the countries have been cheating and still using the ozone-depleting um, gases in their products. Yeah, yeah. So um, it sucks because I remember as a kid, I, I didn't used to burn as easily as I do now. Mm. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. I get less burns from welding. You know, I've been welding all, 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 all yesterday and I'm fine. You know, it feels a little bit, you know, but, but uh, it's fine. Anyway, so Bill Shorten. Okay. Yep. So I was selected. I was, this is a true story. I was selected, right? I'm going to upset a lot of people, offend people by, by talking about this, but it's got to be done, right? 
I was selected to be part of this teleconference with Labor leader Bill Shorten. Yeah. Right? I don't know how they got my phone number, but they contacted me and they said, you know, will you be part of this? Yeah, right. No worries. Now, I was flat chat. Yep. Right? I was at work. It was like 7, 8 o'clock at night. And they ring up and they go, you know, and I can hear Bill Shorten talking in the background. You know, he's going on, he's going on, he's going on. And, and I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm listening. He's talking about all the things that he's going to do when, if, whatever, he becomes, you know, the Prime Minister, right? And uh, you had to go like hash three or something or star three or something if you wanted to ask a question, right? So I did it and then I waited and I waited and I waited. And it was like another hour went by before they finally got to me, okay? And by this time, like, I'll be honest with you, right? Before this teleconference, I was all for voting for Bill Shorten. And I'll explain why, okay? We just had, or we're still in the middle of the Royal Commission into banking. Yeah. Okay? No one's going to jail. No. Right? No, one's, no one's getting their money back. Like, you might get a little bit back, but compared to how much profit they've made and the fines that they should be paying and how much compensation they should be paying, no one's getting it back, right? And then to really slap us in the face, Malcolm Turncoat, as Turnbull, right, turns around and in the budget makes it illegal for people to pay for stuff with cash money. I don't know if any of our listeners have cottoned onto this, but if you are involved in a transaction over $10,000 cash, right, which all the performance car industry, right, not that, you know, like when we receive cash, we bank it, we put it yeah. through the books, right? But if you go to buy a car, you know, you want to buy a Falcon Commodore or whatever, it's commonplace for people to bring cash yeah. because that's the deal done, mm. right? It's not this shake hands and then, oh, I changed my mind, mate. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It's, yep. That's it. Cash talks. You know what I mean? They say, they say that, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the deal. Cash talks. Bullshit walks, cash talks, right? Now it's illegal to do that. And you can both go to jail because they're trying to clamp down on drug dealers. That's what it's all about. It's all about drug dealers. That's Malcolm Turnbull making sure that we don't go back to the days of our parents and our grandparents when they used to bury the bloody money in That's the backyard exactly right. because they didn't trust the banks. That's right. Right? That's exactly right. Okay, so, and there's, there's some other changes that he's making to the banking system. And what's going to happen is, if he gets all these changes through, and there's going to be bipartisan support, sadly, because, you know, at the end of the day, Liberal and Labor, I don't think there's a lot of difference. They should just merge, mm. you know. But... There's going to be bipartisan support. They're actually going to change the laws so the banks can freeze your accounts if they need the money. So if everyone decides tomorrow, oh, we want our money out, they can just freeze your account. Go, no, you can't have it. Hmm. What do you mean? It's mine, right? So by bringing this $10,000 cash rule, uh, uh, Turnbull has made sure that he stitched this up well and truly. So we're all shitty at the banks at the moment, thinking about going, you know what? How about I just bury my money in my backyard? Can't do it. Now go to jail. Go to jail, right? So I was going to vote Labor anyway, because I figure this guy is, you know, like it, it, he hasn't just like stitched this, because the deal with the Royal Commission is if you give evidence, we're not going to press any charges against yeah. you, right? What's that? What the? <laughs> what's that about? 
yeah, yeah, I killed your family, yeah. No, it's, you can go, it's good, you know. We all know now, it's all right. It's out in the open. Anyway, so I'm listening to Bill Shorten and this guy finally gets on, right? And he goes, where are you calling from? Uh, from from Perth. Where, where in Perth? What, the electorate of Perth? Which, by the way, idiot, is Cowan. But anyway, <laughs> um, I said, well, well, mate, you know, like, I don't understand what you're asking me because I don't, you know, have a map of my electoral boundaries in front of me, right? And, and I said, you, you're talking to me like, you know, like I'm some sort of thug or something, you know, which I am, you know, but, but there was no, he doesn't know that. He's on the other end of a phone line, you know. And, and I said, um, I thought that, you know, I got to ask him a question. Or oh, well, what do you want to ask him? And I said, you know what, mate? I've been on the phone for two hours listening to this bullshit, right? I've heard you talk about disabled pensioners. I've heard you talk about single mumps. I've heard you talk about refugees. Jesus, even bloody sheep got a mention, right? But I haven't heard one bloody word about honest, hard-working Australians, right? We are the silent majority. And you and Bill and Malcolm don't give a shit about any of us. Yep. So you know what? This is what I want to ask Bill. I want to ask him how he wants me to... Because neither of these two idiots, blue or red, nah, or green, I'm not going with RGB, no chance. <laughs> no chance. I'm going to find whoever the independent is that's not giving their preferences to any of these idiots, and I'm going to vote for them. And I'll tell you what, to all our listeners out there, you need to share this and tell people about this, because yeah. in this country, unless you're right, unless you're a sheep, right, unless you're a disabled pensioner, or some pensioner of some description, except an, an elderly pensioner, right? You got to be like a doll bludger, a druggo, something like that. You get shafted. That's the way it is over here. Yep. You know, that's just how it is. Honest, hardworking Aussies, small business people, we don't get anything. Bill Shorten's talking about, oh, I'm going to stop the tax cuts for the big business people. Yeah, that's all right. What about the little business people? Because the reality is, even though BHP and Rio Tinto employ tens, hundreds of thousands of people, if you sat down and added up all the people at small businesses my size or my brother's size at, you know, employ, we employ way more than those companies. Yeah. No one gives a shit about us. All right, on that note, I want to go out with... This come across my desk on Friday. Well, no, it was on the weekend. This is Kyle Busch Friday, a post-race, the NASCAR truck event. He owns his own NASCAR truck. Let's have a listen to the Kyle Busch post-race press conference. My um, pit crew did absolutely nothing to help me out tonight. <laughs> and the splitters are absolutely horrendous. You can't pass in traffic. You can't race alongside anybody. You can't get within five truck lengths of no one. But somehow, someway, I was able to get back to the front. Had a blast. He threw his crew under the bus there, didn't he? <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you're part of his crew, you just want to get the half-inch ratchet and put it through the windscreen of his truck. I'll tell you what, that's, there's, there's Kyle Bush. All right, on that note, thanks for coming in, Simon. We need to thank a few, a few people, all fast torque converters, uh, Monster Torque, Overboost, Benzene Detailing, WA Suspensions, Shift Kits Australia, Taps Race Pipes, CRD Nitrous, 
And a shout out to a friend of yours, Aaron Tipper. He's helped us out with some parts as well, Aaron. So Aaron is a legend. Mm, yeah, so thanks, thanks, Aaron. Uh, and, yeah, so um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Stitcher, you can get this podcast. Go to YouTube as well if you need, if you want to watch the video versions or only up a few days later. All right, Simon, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us, Nick. No worries. See you on the street. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.